Hello. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of FNI Rap Chat Film Network, Ireland Rap Chat on the Headstuff Podcast Network. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and wherever you get your quality podcast content. Um, today, uh, what do we got today? Well, first of all, in FNI related news, um, hold tight. Uh, we're nearly we're nearly there. Uh, things are starting to uh, business is n- getting back to to, to usual. So uh, hold uh, hold tight, and uh, F and I will be back with our uh, pre uh, pre scheduled classes that we had before. Uh, they will be uh, as soon as we get the all clear from our venues and partners. We will be announcing uh, rescheduled dates for a number of classes so if you've booked a ticket they are still valid so sit tight and we shall be running with them again we shall rise again uh, so yeah thanks a million for all your support um we've got some really positive feedback over the last uh the last weeks um about some of the work that we've been doing some really really lovely pms and and emails about uh how the podcasts and the our fni at home events have been helpful for people uh just to get through this or a, a distraction you know um so we really appreciate your feedback and we're, we're quite we're really delighted to provide any sort of service that helps people uh, through a shit time frankly um so yeah um we also have our we have our biggest fni at home event coming up uh, very shortly on the 24th of june um, and it's in conjunction with the cork international film festival uh, which we're really excited about. We'll have a panel discussion um, with the team at uh, the Cork Film Fest. Uh, we shall have um, also um, a, a panel discussion with some short filmmakers and then we shall have um, two feature film directors, uh, notable feature film directors, that shall be, get, uh, that shall be having cla- uh, chats along with myself and Paul Webster. So it's on the 24th of June, uh, starting from 6pm, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Get a couple of beers in, and uh, you know, and if you... Uh, you can now, so invite a couple of friends over to socially distance uh, from each other and interact with the uh, with the night's proceedings. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're, of course, uh, raising money for Bumbilands, the Bumbilands Ambulance Service. Um, so if you go to www.wearefni.com, it'll bring you to uh, the hop-in link for the night's proceedings and it shall give you uh, a link and ways to donate to Bumbulance. For anyone who's not aware of Bumbulance and what they do, they are a children's ambulance service uh, that provide an invaluable service for kids that are um, sick um, and in some cases terminal and maybe their last um, journey in some cases. So it's a really worthwhile charity. Um, that's quite dear to a lot of our hearts here at FNI. So, yeah, do get involved, donate. We would really appreciate your uh, your support in that regard. Which brings us nicely on to today's episode. Today we have um, a director of photography by the name of Kate McCullough. Um, Kate has worked in a variety of different mediums, from documentary to um, TV and, and feature films. Uh, some notable credits include... Um, the farthest, which I think is one of the best docu- documentaries over the last fifteen years, um, um, I I Dolores, 
um, recently, the docudrama, if you've seen that. Um, uh, Can't Cope, Won't Cope, um, most recently on TV, the drama Blood, Arrakt, which is coming out soon. And most importantly, for all you uh, normal people, uh, um, obsessives, uh, she shot the second half of Normal People, um, which is, I think, probably, it's certainly in the top two of best TV shows, Irish TV shows of the last forever. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's still running on the RTE player, so check that out. Uh, we're, yeah, we're really delighted to have Kate on. She's also worked uh, quite consistently with Ken Wardrop on his material, His and Hers and so on, over the last couple of years. Uh, so, yeah, we're really, really delighted to have her on. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. And yeah, you can buy us uh, a cup of coffee. The price, uh, one donation is the is the price of a fancy coffee or, and just under a pint. So if you'd like to buy us a coffee or a pint or just donate in terms, in a Patreon vibe uh, to our continued uh, production of the, the podcast and our events and various different bits and pieces, as we are not currently subsidised, we'd really appreciate it. So again, buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. You know what to do. Thanks very much. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, How are you managing with covid and uh have you got a few jobs on on hold and how's all that working for you thanks very much for having me um delighted to to have the chat but <laughs> albeit another well at least we're not on zoom i've been doing a lot of zooming so it's it's nice to shake it up i wonder why zoom has taken off it's been a backlash on poor old skype hasn't got a look in <laughs> don't know why um but yeah it's um yeah what a time it's quite quite surreal actually bizarrely i've been filming <laughs> um probably the only one of the only uh you know dps that's out filming at the moment but myself and ken wardrobe have teamed up again um and we've been going around chatting to uh 70s plus um characters through their windows oh wow so um yeah that's been quite surreal um, is this a project that was motivated by circumstance or yeah pre-planned yeah no there was, it was literally probably about two or three weeks into the pandemic and ken gave me a call and said look i have this idea what do you think and it's kind of you know it's perfect sort of Ken, in a sense, because he he always likes to put a pretty strong stamp of, you know, sort of containing the image in such a way that you're, you know, it's not running around with the character. Um, It's very much like a sort of a a stage for them or, you know, it's kind of like a, we find the frame and allow the character just... Uh, be themselves within that frame so like 
in a way, shooting through a window, chatting to, to all these people is sort of ideal territory for him, albeit some kind of... Sort weird, weird, sort of yeah, weird kind of prism we're all kind of looking through at the moment. Uh, how did it all... How did it all kind of start for you, filmmaking wise? Oh, way back in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like I was always kind of like image orientated. Um, I quite happily kind of sit down and do a bit of drawing or painting. Um, and then when I was about 14, I got a stills camera uh, for my birthday. And yeah, it kind of was just sort of took off from there. Like I <laughs> I was remembering actually recently that um, we had this photography project um, during transition year. I think we were maybe the first, the second year during transition year. And you know, it's there's a lot of kind of sitting around not doing a huge amount, but one of the modules was um, photography. And I remember my art teacher saying at the end of the module, like, um, Kate, I think I really think you shouldn't consider photography as a career. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> so I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> And I don't know whether I actually almost, but that sort of kicked me into action to go, right, I'll show him. <laughs> um, you know, because I had huge respect for him as an art teacher. He was, yeah. he was really encouraging. It wasn't cruel. Um, it was more oh. of a, like, you know, constructive pull, to, pull aside, you know, maybe you should try something else kind of stuff, was it? <laughs> I don't know what what it was exactly, but I obviously wasn't showing the early signs. <laughs> Look at me now. Um, like I I think um, I was thinking of you know going to our college and and sort of going the traditional route of of making art, and then at some point I sort of realised that no, actually I. I quite like to collaborate with people. I mean, that was a kind of a basic understanding of what you did uh, as an artist. Like, I mean, of course, artists are hugely collaborative on, on many different levels. But um, I think I just, uh, I, got, I got sort of interested in watching a couple of documentaries in my teens. <laughs> then my mum brought home like a, uh, Hoop dreams on a VHS like uh, extra vision or something. <laughs> One day it's on, it's on movie. Uh, movie, movie. It's just been released on movie. If anyone. oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I think with the last dance, there's probably a bit more uh, interest in it. I think it's that's kind of the original basketball legendary documentary. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I just, I think I was just really taken by the, the access and the kind of intimacy of getting to know, um, you know, other worlds uh, and people sort of trusting you with their world and that you kind of explore it and, and give them a voice that ordinarily they wouldn't have, I guess. 
was it a, was it a conscious filmmaking kind of a recognition or more of a deep seated interest in other people? Um, I think initially it was yeah, it was a deep deep interest in in seeing other worlds outside my own. Um, but then sort of trying to figure out well how do you how do you go about that like how how would I find myself in that position where I could experience other worlds um, and so yeah then I applied to Dunleary College um, I actually had no like video work I hadn't really my toe into that I was still taking a lot of photos um, so probably hugely unprepared to <laughs> apply <laughs> there but it was kind of a last minute decision and, and ended up um, studying there for a number of years and then I actually went over to Poland for a little bit as well so I was in um, the Woods Film School there yeah where, where Polanski is from right <laughs> yeah that that old guy. Yeah, but it's kind of a legendary film school, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, the Kishlowski, like you know, there's just incredible names, Swavimir, Jack, um, like just it's yeah, definitely just kind of steeped in tradition. Yeah. And also, I think for me, the kind of Polish. Um, ethos of sort of the director and cinematographer working very closely together okay. I, found, I found that hugely um hugely empowering and, and exciting so um were you working on film there yeah it was it was really kind of curiously set up like in the cinematography department you started on black and white film for a whole year and then it was into color was almost like kind of learning to draw with a pencil and then figuring out paint afterwards, you know. Yeah. Um, and the directors were kind of starting with a year of documentary and then into drama after that. So again, kind of almost using the immediate world as a study and then sort of building on that. Um, and... Uh... Did you, from there, was it like, was there, how did it work in terms of, did you make a big final project? Um, I, I worked with a, a couple of directors. So you, you could kind of do your own film in the cinematography department and also then kind of cross collaborate with directors, which to me seemed like much more <laughs> interesting because yeah. I never wanted to be a director. So idea of directing my own film was sort of a little bit uh, overwhelming um, and so yeah I didn't do the full I think it was like five years for the masters so I, I kind of um, actually Ken Wardrobe had contacted me about uh, his and hers which was a documentary that I shot back in 2010 so he he was sort of reaching out and saying look are you interested in getting involved in this? And it just seemed like there was stuff being offered where I would have just been better going out into the world and shooting as opposed to staying in, in college. So I just, I broke out. Yeah. 
and um, his and hers, is, I, I love it. It's just such an iconic documentary. What was the kind of process like uh, kind of collaborating with, with the team and like how, how formed was the idea when Ken came to you with it? Yeah, <laughs> 10 years ago, I guess, is it? Or more. More, yeah. Um, it was like 2008. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess it was always going to be like a vignette of um, characters right through a lifetime. Um and I can't remember, maybe we did kind of a test run with one uh, one woman and then sort of based on that, we sort of took our lead. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, like Ken's documentaries, I guess, are, are, are very particular in that way that, you know, you do kind of a very organized filming period and then he'll, he'll need time maybe to to edit and then we go back in again and and do the next phase and that's kind of what we're doing at the moment with the the film about the pandemic yeah because with that when you mentioned it i was like and ken has a real knack of doing that where it's like oh yeah <laughs> why didn't that why didn't i think of that or he seems to have the knack of coming up with ideas like that that just kind of capture something he's got a knack <laughs> well, yeah, I guess he's he's just uh he's kind of interested in the ordinary. Yeah. But but sort of against the backdrop of whatever else is going on and so there's something lovely about just you know, kind of um it's it's kind of I suppose making things relatable in such a way like he he's able to just kind of distill moments that kind of speak to a bigger picture. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was for his and hers. It was uh, lovely little crew. It was myself and Michael Lavelle, who we had studied together in Dunleary. Um and then it was Ken and Andrew and Sheena, who actually <laughs> we ended up meeting on that film, and now we're we're married. <laughs> ah. Yeah, <laughs> Ken didn't actually know anything was going on. <laughs> we didn't really know what was going he know, on. He knows now. Surely. He knows now. <laughs> He's still he's still a bit upset that he he didn't uh, suss it out. <laughs> How did I not see it? I was going with um, so, I mean, was there was there a conscious choice to concentrate primarily on documentary, or at what point did kind of mm. drama or more narrative orientated uh, projects come about? Was it conscious? So did some, was there an offer? And you went, okay, well maybe I'll. I'll yeah, I think that like with this industry, somehow, like we quite like to sort of put people in 
you know, categories where oh, she does that and she's good at that. So we'll give her more of those jobs. <laughs> you know, it's very easy okay. just to kind of know who the go-to person is for that kind of work. And so I think off the back of, of his and hers, it just became kind of a continual run of, of documentary. And I was I was totally like hungry to shoot and, and explore the world and it was a fantastic way to kind of um yeah just to begin to understand the world like it, just traveling around and finding myself in situations you know that ordinarily I would never be in and I guess that whole um thought that came up with hoop dreams you know it was it was that it was allowing me to kind of it into worlds that I would never have known about otherwise mm -hmm. um, and people sort of trusting you with their their worlds um, and so yeah like hugely grateful to, to have been able to do that I think at, at some point then I found it maybe just a little bit frustrating not being able to kind of craft things a little bit more um and so I started to then shoot a little bit more drama and, and sort of try and maneuver myself um into that world. And so I guess probably for the last two years I've been mainly doing doing drama. I mean I I I just did a documentary about a year and a half ago with Ema Reynolds, who I love to collaborate with about Phil Linus um, so that's still that's actually hasn't come out yet that's uh, one of the many films that's <laughs> waiting for its chance to to go on the screen but um, yeah I mean that that's that would be a lovely film to have have an audience that's exciting and what kind of um, approach did you take for that film um, so that film, I guess it's, it was about celebrating, um, Phil's life, um, and talking to, you know, all, all the various people that were, um, near and dear to him, kind of did a week of shooting in the studio, filming, sort of, um, I suppose on a macro level, that, like, instruments or, light flares or you know smoke kind of smoke mirror stuff that would okay. then represent um some of the motifs that were emerging in the interviews and then i guess the archive is i mean this incredible archive on that yeah. film. um so so yeah it was nice it was kind of the same team again from uh, the farthest um, so it's nice to kind of to gather again and have fun. So is that kind of it's what do you call it? Is a kind of expressive? It's not recon, reconstructions, but it's not kind of straight documentary. Or I, I, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Like actually, you think a documentary. You know, there's, there's now there's such a a range or a, a spectrum in a way that maybe nothing connected to observing, you know, <laughs> uh, 
you know, an abduct or whatever. It's like it, it's nothing got to do with that on a level that's quite crafted the those little uh, vignettes, I guess. Um, and I, I guess that's just how Emer likes to put put a film together, and it it means I can kind of it ends up being sort of a playground with myself and Joe Fallover, who's the uh, production designer. Just you know, we we have a really good collaboration. Um, and Emer are just all all joining in. <laughs> it's you know, it's just it's great fun. Um, so I, yeah, I guess like if you're talking about the transition from from drama to doc, like they're not a million miles away, but yeah, it's just diff- different parts of the muscle, I guess. <laughs> Did you find there was any? Uh, resistance in, in that regard. Um, was it a case of you having to kind of split the difference in terms of docudramas and stuff? And then, you know, because, you know, would, it would be the same for anybody else, I would imagine, across it all, in terms of thematically, you know, um, or creatively in that regard. Did you find a little bit of kind of uh, resistance in that way? Oh, you mean from from drama into documentary, or vice versa? <laughs> vice versa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I was for for a good few years before that. I was already kind of keen to to try a little bit of drama, um, but the, maybe the opportunities weren't coming up. Um, but I think it is some way like you know with these things if you if you really believe that it's something that you want to do or that you're capable of doing you know once once there is an opportunity it'll it'll fly you know that like not that I'm believing in faith or anything but just I think once you're ready you'll you'll make the the step like I, I, I do remember wondering like how the likes of Sean Bobbitt sort of transitioned from news cameraman into, you know, high end uh, feature films. <laughs> it's like quite the the maneuver. Um, but I think you know everybody's journey is is quite different. You just have to find your own sort of way of of segueing through. Um, but like. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't necessarily want to just be exclusively doing drama. So it is interesting going back <laughs> to documentary again, you know, right now, um, because I was just sort of getting used to having a whole crew and, and sort of um, <laughs> resources and everything. And, and now it's like just me and the director. <laughs> You're looking behind you, like for, to, for somebody to pick something up, and they're not there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh wait, no, I have to load up the car and drive all the gear there, and unload and like set up the camera and pull the focus. What? There's no difference, though, is there? Really? I mean, you know, mm. I mean, obviously, there are a lot more moving parts and bigger jobs, but the principle is the same. You know, it's yeah. your responsibility to tell a story in the most honest fashion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, like, sometimes it is kind of like, 
almost like just formatting the drive a little bit, just checking in with yourself, like, okay, what are the essentials when you're trying to make a film? What do you really need? What can you do without? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's quite funny. I was out <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and we were on our way to interview somebody and um, got stopped by the guards, of course, and they were like, oh, you know, where are you coming from? Where are you going to? And what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm a camera woman. You know, we're doing this uh, film documentary about the pandemic. And I could see the guard was like already just caught on the word camera woman. <laughs> they were trying to just process that. and weren't really listening to anything else that I was saying. And then... Of course, I'm kind of so used to saying it that I don't, you know. And um, anyway, he he's like, "Okay, go on, go on." <laughs> ah, I'm so confused. <laughs> and um, just in that, like, how much prep would go into like a series like uh, Normal People or Blood in terms of like, and how does that is that very different to documentary? Is it very much plan more planning? Hmm. Um, yeah, it is quite a different animal. Um, I always want more ta- more time to prep. <laughs> Never know. <Yeah. more. laughs> it's kind of almost those two like last weeks before you you're due to 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 start shooting, and all the all the elements start coming in. You know, from the various different departments, and it's almost like that's the point where you want to just have a little bit more time because everybody's starting to kind of get up to speed and the conversation that you had like two weeks earlier is now irrelevant it's like responding to what's happening now (laughs) and so yeah it's um I mean I guess in terms of like difference between prepping for a doc I mean you you have a a concept with the documentary and you'll have like visual references I guess it's so with with a drama you've got a a script that's I guess the difference you've got this very concrete um, blueprint to work from and so you can really kind of delve down into all the various parts of that. But with a documentary, you're kind of speaking hypothetically. So you say, right, this is what we hope to explore. And then invariably you get there and it's like <laughs> completely different. Yeah. But, but you know, those kind of initial chats are, I suppose, getting to know each other, getting to trust each other, like I'm talking about with the director. Um that you're totally on the same page. And so when things start to unfold, when you're out on location um, and they're totally different to what you had anticipated, you can actually react in such a way that's appropriate for, for the discussions that you had earlier, you know, that you know, okay, we're not interested in this, this part, but, but actually, you know, we really want to get to know this character. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of fundamental to, to have those initial 
discussions and to kind of continue that throughout because I guess with documentary it's 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 just in constant flux um, and you're having to kind of react quite quickly and sort of instinctually where I guess with drama you you know you, there's, there's, a, there's more control I mean I, I think it's important with drama also to be having those conversations continually but you fall into a rhythm then at some point and it just becomes kind of like uh, instinctual. And is there, sorry, is there a bit of a process, say, if you haven't worked with a director before, does it take a little bit of time to get on the kind of, I guess there's like a, a shorthand that you build up and that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I hadn't, uh, just thinking of normal people, I hadn't worked with Petty McDonald before. Um, and so I remember like the first day we we were shooting, I was completely like, I wasn't, I was so aware of all the circus around, like, you know, because it's, it's quite distracting actually on set. <laughs> There's so much going on. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you just almost have to try and, um, block that out and sort of zone into where where you're at and, and sort of with the actors and try and create a little bubble um, but I definitely <laughs> it was a lot about you know because you, you sort of uh, testing each other out in a sense um, I'm talking about myself and, and Hetty and then like you have all the crew that's already been working together for like eight weeks, eight or nine weeks. And so they're all in a, in a pattern. And then, um, you arrive along and it's like, Oh, who are you? Like they're, <laughs> they're, they're sussing me out as a DP, you know, <laughs> but they were actually like hugely supportive. I have to say that the, my department was just amazing. Oh. Uh, well, you certainly don't notice in terms of the flow of the actual show itself. Sorry, shift. Were you on? You're on the second block, obviously. So. Yeah, this was episode you, seven to twelve. So you would have been. You would have been on some of those locations outside of Dublin, right? Oh yeah, we got to go to Italy. <laughs> what I, what I really liked about that in particular is that it didn't over romanticize Italy. You know? that's, that's good. That's exactly what we were allergic to. <laughs> you, you know, that kind of let's go a little, you know, a little bit more safe here. Let's, mm. you know, make mm. everything. I thought it was, as, as somebody who I go to Italy for a lot, I was like, that's the Italy I know, you know. Okay, okay, great. It's a little yeah, I, mean, I, I, I am kind of, I'm quite um, sensitive to, like, nostalgia and sort of that sort of romanticizing of things and I think Hetty also was like you know let's just throw away the background as opposed to like trying to kind of frame it in you know it was yeah. oh, it's beautiful it's, enough <laughs> yeah exactly I mean you just almost just, just you know it, it could be distracting from the the main event in a way and so it was about sort of following the emotion of the characters and then you know, allowing the background in in such a way that it wouldn't kind of take over. 
are you surprised by the reaction to the show? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, it's, got, it's kind of gone totally bananas <laughs> in a way. Yeah, uh, I mean, awards are beckoning by the looks of it. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I think that um, it's you know, I guess coming on the job, I was aware that there was quite a following for the book. Um, and I I love the book, like I really um, gobbled it up um, and I wouldn't be a, a fast reader <laughs> ordinarily, so it says something. But um, yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I think maybe there's, certainly the lockdown has, you know, it's maybe shifted our our perspectives on things and um, I, I guess there's certainly people who are feeling quite alone and maybe haven't had that, um, you know, just the tactility of a, of a relationship or, you know, just being able to get comfort from, from other humans. Um, so I guess the show, yeah, there's just that forensic, Scratched an emotional itch for for people kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but it is. I mean, it is kind of hard it's to believe. It's, it's beautiful, though. I mean, it's it's you know. Yeah. I I I I think it's probably it's up there with the best Irish TV shows ever. You know, mm. and I think I think I'm approved that as well. Sorry, you just broke up there, <laughs> and you think. Broke up? Who broke up? Connell and Marianne? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I think time will time will will regard it as you know w w one of the the better, if not the best, one of the best mm. TV shows, which is great. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think it's great for the Irish industry as a whole. You know, it's it's just getting so much exposure, and you know, it's it's just giving great validation to, you know, the huge talent that's here. Uh, well, if Latour and Sly go down into Skellig Michael, I wonder for all the tourists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got to get ready. What, what kind of... Yeah, what kind of um, challenges did the material present for you in terms of shooting it? It's rather handheld stuff, right? Um, weirdly, there actually in our block, I don't think we had um, quite as, as much handheld. Mm -hmm. um, the, <laughs> the grip, Oshin Kelly, who's, who's brilliant, uh, he was quite excited when I spoke to him initially because I was saying, you know, that I'd like to get a little bit more um, sort of control movements to work that through. Um, and I'm not sure we 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 did quite as much as I had thought, but um, I think you know the book sort of takes a, a darker turn in a way mm. um, for our block, and so um, I didn't didn't want it quite as loose, um, and, and um, I guess. Yeah, it was just about maybe getting a little bit more movements, kind of control movement in there. But like, 
Yeah, that's interesting that you you thought there was quite a lot of handhelds. I just think just based on some of the footage, um, you would imagine just to get that intimacy, you would be need to be close and kind of follow, particularly the protagonists anyway. Mm-hmm. A, a little bit, a little bit more, and give it that little bit more attention than you would do normally. Plus, the way we you had it, Lenny on recently, and he was saying that. Um, now, obviously, you weren't on that his buck, but um, that he tends to uh, organically kind of would go with the flow on the day. So he'd be lit, like, obviously, he'd have some boards and stuff, but he would certainly turn up on the day and then certainly go with kind of where it was going in, in terms of how it was shot, you know? Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I was just, you know, I was curious if it kind of continued down that road in the second. In yeah. The second I mean, I, I think that, um, yeah, like, I would only kind of use storyboards if it was, like, stunts or, you know, um, quite specific sort of technical Mm-hmm. Like sort of like sort of dense edits or whatever, where you need to kind of get a sequence of shots working together nicely. But like, I think the main thing really and and generally when I'm filming is to go into the room, watch the rehearsal, and and keep your eyes open and and not to be um sort of attached too attached to what you thought. <laughs> would be yeah, yeah. appropriate for the scene. I mean, I guess it's a little bit going back to the documentary muscle of sort of planning and then sort of turning up and then finding that it's quite different and then sort of um, embracing that as opposed to pushing against it. Um, and in general terms, you'd work that way as well on a job-to-job basis. Okay, let's see what we have. Obviously, we have the blueprints there, but... yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to, like, you kind of have to follow the truth of a situation. So, I mean, sometimes you might have had a a chat with the director and they have a very strong idea of the position of an embrace or the -hmm. distance between two characters or, like, I guess the essence of a scene that, like, one shot maybe sums up what what's happening within that scene and so you might try to um choreograph the movement or the characters into that um uh shape i guess um but yeah i mean you you have to follow the follow the truth <laughs> yeah. that sounds very highbrow we're getting <laughs> yeah really um, do 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 a lot of direct are a lot of directors versed in terms of how things should look? Are they very much putting their their trust and faith in in your hands in terms of your job? I mean, are a lot of directors kind of hands on? I want to hear it, blah blah blah. This that lens, or or are they okay? You do your job, I'll do mine. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's really varies quite a lot. But I do, I like to to have that conversation where it's like I like to involve them rather than, than it being a separate 
department like you know mm-hmm. um i think it's it, well for me working I, I like to you know keep that conversation going that it's open it's open for them to dip in and out of about composition or lighting or or you know in the same way that i might give an opinion about you know the blocking or the direction you know like it's 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 a kind of a as osmosis you know that it can it can go both ways it's an exchange um and i suppose it's when the relationship is really good um it's unspoken and it just kind of happens (laughs) magically yeah yeah i mean yeah it's like that scenario yeah you have to be working for quite some time i think um but but yeah i mean you do actually you tend to fall into a pattern um but also you you know you don't want to get too complacent as well yeah um but i think uh you know i think that sort of exchange for me is the most interesting part of the dialogue that happens like if uh, I don't think I've really done this but like working with a director who wasn't interested in in discussing um, you know the camera position or the lighting for me then it's kind of like there's a disconnect then you know <laughs> because they're setting up the actors in a blocking and you know, depending on what lens you put on, you can totally exaggerate a, an emotion or you can kind of close it off. And so, like, you know, you're working in a visual medium, then why not engage with the the tools that are to hand? So, yeah, I would always like to kind of, um, uh, you know, have a strong dialogue about the visuals. Um, what else have you got coming up? I know things are probably on pause. And what kind of projects are you generally on the on the lookout for? Ooh, um, well, I've, at the moment, a couple of uh, features um, that are all, I guess, up in the air, waiting to see what's what's going to happen yeah. with the pandemic. But um, yeah, they're kind of apocalyptic sci-fi um, mix, <laughs> um, which is, is yeah, I'd be excited about. Um, I mean, I think that for me, like, um, yeah, I'm just drawn to like whatever story that kind of speaks to me. It might be moving in in many different genres. It's not like I'm only do one one genre or one sort of mode. I, you know, I'm kind of excited to challenge different uh, different ways of visually telling a story. And so, yeah, it's it's still very early days for me in terms of drama. So I'm still still figuring it out yeah uh, um would you have any tips to 
particularly for female creators in film, um, how to get ahead. Getting ahead. Particularly, particularly, <laughs> particularly DLP, female DLP, yeah. which we both know there's not enough of. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, actually, like, this is almost the best time to be a woman in the film industry. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. we're kind of, as female creatives, like, we're all kind of don't know ourselves with the sort of um, enthusiasm that's out there to, to have women involved in projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this couldn't be a better time in a way if you're if you're trying to make your way in into the industry. Um, I mean, I think the main thing is to try and just get shooting. Like if, if even on your phone or, you know, there's just so many devices that we have in our pockets or on our computers that you can very quickly make a, a film. Um, and so just, you know, get creating and get figuring out the, the process. And um, you don't need to go to film school, you know, you can you can be doing a lot of this stuff yourself at home in your lockdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and as female creatives particularly. And what kind of advice would you give maybe to yourself based on the experience that you've had? Starting out now or starting out when I started out? <laughs> <laughs> very different yourself when you were starting out, I guess. When I was starting out. Um, yeah, I guess probably I would have said to myself, like, um, you know, maybe be more um, um, visible. <laughs> I think I, you know, I... I'm quite a shy one, so here I am blabbering on in a podcast. <laughs> I think um, people love to trust it. <laughs> it's you know, like I remember I used to ask like my sister to make phone calls for me because I just hated like <laughs> picking up the phone and talking. Yeah. Um, you know, so I guess I did have to really push myself out there from where I had begun um, but you know I guess I probably could have reached out a bit more to people I think I I just I just made a very slow kind of <laughs> um, you know uh, my steps were slow and kind of methodical I mean maybe there's no harm in that um, okay. Slow and steady wins the race also, doesn't it? <laughs> That's what they keep saying at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> Hold firm. We're in this together. <laughs> Slow and steady. Hashtag. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just depends, doesn't it? Like, um, I'm not sure what, you know, like, I, I think I probably, I don't regret any, like, any sort of big decisions I took. Um, yeah, I think um, it's, it's all sort of making sense <laughs> now, in a way. Like, it, you know, all those years, I guess, kind of 
just observing people. Uh, you know, it was like good ten years of documentary. It's it sort of builds up this library in your head of of um, understanding the human condition. You know, so in a way, you know, I was kind of keen to to move on, but it was certainly good grounding in in understanding. I mean, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> will be until you know the end but it's it's just uh having that time to just sit back and observe you think it's you think it's important to be a, a nice person in this in, in, in the business yeah for sure i mean i think just yeah just being honest with yourself i think um i mean nice I kind of a little bit wary of the word nice because it, <laughs> it, nice it could be that it's sort of forced in a way that it's not genuine. Um, yeah. But I, I know what you mean. Uh, like, yeah, of a course. Me, a meanable, I guess. Like, a meanable. Oh, not, not, yeah. Certainly not, do, not docile, but a me, a meanable. Yeah. yeah. I think... Um, yeah, it's just been kind of true to yourself and um, realizing that, you know, everybody's vulnerable <laughs> in a way, you know, where it, like, okay, actors are hugely vulnerable, but like everybody on set has vulnerabilities and everybody's trying to figure things out. And um, ultimately, you all kind of want to, you know, deliver a a worthwhile piece of work so it's it's just um to acknowledge that cool um well <laughs> no totally totally um thanks so much for for taking the time and uh best of luck with all your projects that are coming up yeah thank you very much i really appreciate it that was lovely.